So I took an SAT prep class in high school. Any of y'all take any type of standardized test prep? Raise your hands, MCAT, LSAT, ACT, right? Well, I remember at that very first class, and maybe you read it in a book, but the, the teacher looked out and said, this is the number one thing you must know about the SAT. And that is you go with your first instinct. Do not change your answer. Do y'all remember, amen, if you, someone told you that, right? Well, as it turns out, it's not true at all. It's one of those things that they just kind of got wrong. And then I've been reading this book called Think Again by Adam Grant. If any of y'all picked this book up, it will wreck you. But it will wreck you for a good reason. Adam Grant reveals that research has shown over and over, and I mean dozens of studies, that this first instinct is a fallacy, that in fact, when students go back to change their answer, only 25% of the time is it wrong. 75% of the time, it's correct. I'm telling you, I could have crushed the SAT. I mean, I feel like I'm so unjust that, that I'm not able to go back and, and change some of my answers. And what he talks about in this book is how this basically has affected the way we have socialized in this country for the past 70 years. And we have been, we have been stunted to not think again. And this is what he says. He says, instead, we favor the comfort of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. We let our beliefs get brittle long before our bones. And as I read this, I couldn't help but think in my own life, this can be so true for my faith beliefs as well. And yet, when we look at the person of Jesus, from the moment that he began his ministry, that's all he did. Every single doctrine, every single church belief or cultural belief, he said, think again, why are you doing it that way? For what reason are you doing it that way? And for who are you doing that? And so that's what we want to provide for our community over the next six weeks is we want to provide this space where it's completely okay to be curious, to ask tons of questions, to say, I am not understand why we say certain things in our Apostles' Creed. We have been saying this for hundreds and hundreds of years, but have we asked why? Some of us know it by heart. Some of us know most of it by heart, and then there's others of us who are just really glad that we have screens that project it when we say it, right? We're gonna spend six weeks asking ourselves, what are these supposed core beliefs, these common ground tenets of the Christian faith that unite Christians all across the globe? And I want us to be curious, come with a huge dose of humility and with this mindset that there is power in coming to know what we don't know. That in 15 minutes or in one week or two weeks or five weeks, we actually might discover something about our Christian faith that at this very moment in time, we do not know that it exists. The creed itself has three sections, just like the Trinity. And the first one that we're gonna look at today is very brief, you see the three sections. And today we're just gonna look at, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and an earth. 
I'm gonna ask two folks to come forward. First, Connor Guess, he's a senior at Westlake High School. He's gonna help me with our scripture reading as is Pastor Stephen. Because this, we needed to read it in a little bit of a different voices because it's uh, so familiar to all of you. This is from the book of Exodus. This is Moses' call to ministry. Hear now the word of our Lord. We are gonna need the slides for this. (laughs) And if we don't, it's okay because I have them. And we'll just share. So y'all just get close. Look at my paper. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush, and he looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And then God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should, be, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses went on, to, God went on to say, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Thank you. One of the things that I wrestled with when it came to the Apostles' Creed when I was in seminary 
as I was discovering how patriarchal of a society the world that wrote our scripture was. That's fact. And so when I saw that the very first line and really started to think again about the first line, I was so troubled with why it starts with, I believe in God the Father. Why wasn't it like, I believe in a holy God, a loving God, a gracious and compassionate and slow to anger? In the centuries after Jesus' death, when the fundamental aspects of the apostles' teaching in these creeds it was forming, the Roman Empire is what ruled the Middle East and Europe. And the ruler of the Roman Empire, as you know, was the emperor. And the emperor was a god. And the emperor was referred to by its people as father, as patrum. So see, it, early on, to say that you believed in patrum ominotatum, to believe in God the Father Almighty, it was actually to stake your allegiance in something not of this world. To say I believe in God the Father is saying that your loyalty, your trust, oh, it, it's in this omnipotent, it's in this all-powerful, not earthly being. And so to say, I believe in the God, the Father, it was actually a bold statement. It was a dangerous statement that actually could get you killed. Makes me think about God, the Father, a little bit differently. Now, while none of us are in imminent danger by saying we believe in God, the Father Almighty, we can admit that there are truths to our faith that are in danger. There is one truth particularly that I'm not sure I will ever, you will ever understand in this life, and it stands as a stumbling block to people who do not believe. And that is this, if God is the Father Almighty, the good, good Father, and we are God's children, then what kind of Father would allow such tragedy for humanity? Consider Moses. Moses finds himself literally on dangerous ground. He is before a bush that is consumed, even though it is not burnt up. And he hears a voice tell to him, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. And when Moses is in this presence of God, this is what God says to him. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the first thing that God tells Moses about who he is is that I am the God of always. Long before you were thought of, Moses, I was God. I was God then, I am God now, and I will continue to be God. And then he says, I have heard the cries of my people, and I know of their sufferings. And guess what? I have come to deliver them. God says to Moses, all this suffering that is going on with my people, I know about it, and I care about it, and I am going to bring about deliverance. I am not a distant God who just sits back and watches my people suffer. And this is the very thing, friends, about believing in God that is not new for us, but is, is so dangerous 
in our world is that we believe in God. It's a very bold move for us because we believe in a God who allows for people to cry out and experience suffering. And this is the truth. This, this is a stopping point for many. Right there. There is this true story about a 12-year-old girl named Doreen. And on September 11, 2001, she and her mom were in, gathered in her mother's room. They had found out what was happening at the Twin Towers and her mother grabbed her and they got on their knees and they began to pray. And they began to pray because her uncle, her mom's brother, he worked on the 107th floor at Windows of the World restaurant. And Doreen says, I remember praying with all of my might that my uncle would make it out alive, but he didn't. Years later, Doreen says she admits it was on that day she lost her faith in God because God did not answer her prayer. In fact, to this day, she still cannot understand why her mom, whose brother never came home to his three children and wife, didn't lose her faith in God as well. For Doreen, it was a stopping point. It is bold to profess faith in a God like that who allows such tragedies. And I imagine Moses had to be thinking the same thing. Okay, you're a God who is before me making this bush burst into flames, yet it's not burning up. You're a God who mysteriously is speaking out of the wind. I can't help but not listen. You, you say you're a God and a father of my ancestors. Well, why don't you just go on down to Egypt and handle all of the mess that's going down there with the Israelites? Why don't you go deliver the people yourself, almighty God? God says to Moses, no, you go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It's a mystery. It's a bold statement. For some reason, y'all, God tells Moses, my deliverance, my work in this world is done through the hands and feet of my people. And you, Moses, you will do this for me. Moses had to be worried. He says, you want me to go before a pharaoh? the most powerful person in the world right now, and you just want me to just kind of drop, you know, the line, let my people go? Isn't that a little dangerous? A little bold? What will Pharaoh think when I go and, and tell him, let the Israelites go? Tell me, who do I tell him is sending me to do this? Can you give me something? I mean, how brilliant would it have been if God was like, yes. Yes, here is Thor's hammer. Just bring it before the Pharaoh, go like this, and everybody's going to listen to what you say. Or if he was like, oh no, you bring out that lightsaber, power of the universe with that sound, everybody, it would have just been easy. But y'all, oh my gosh, that's not how our God is. Our God just says this, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Because our God, the Father Almighty, cannot be packaged up into a hammer or into a lightsaber, into a doctrine, even into a creed. 
saying God the Father is almighty is a bold statement. And it's not just because it is stating who you believe in or who you live for, because it is a bold statement about what you think about God. Because God in God's self is existence. God is being. God is always in the past, in the present, and already in the future. God is, God is. And that God is here and alive and working through God's people. It's incomprehensible, isn't it? A God who is ever-present, ever-knowing, all-powerful, and yet expects these messed up world people to be the hands and feet to go and deliver. We say we believe in God, the Father Almighty, all-powerful, the I am, and it is incomprehensible. But belief in God, y'all, this is faith. This is saying yes when there are still so many questions. This is saying yes when there is so much doubt. This is saying yes when it doesn't make sense that the fire is not consuming the bush. It doesn't make sense when just an average person is supposed to go and lead a nation from the strongest person on earth. And this, friends, is faith at its core. Last weekend, I had the privilege of going on our high school retreat celebration. It was its 24th year, and, and if you don't know about celebration, the beautiful, one of the beautiful things is that the, the students who have gone before become the leaders, and the students who have not gone become the participants. And throughout the weekend, a handful of people get to share their testimony, and these are juniors and seniors in high school. And one of the talks that really struck the whole camp was given by a young woman who was a senior and she shared with the room about an awful tragic time that her family had gone through while she was in middle school. And she talked about how because of this horrible tragedy, she stopped believing in God. She hit that point. This was too much for a God, a good God, to allow this tragedy to have happened. A couple of years later, a close family friend invites her to come to celebration. And she says yes, because it's a close family friend. So she shows up at the camp and you know, there's lots of singing at celebration. And she kind of made us all laugh because she's talking about how I'm, they just kept singing about Jesus over and over. And, I mean, and what would, what would everybody think if they knew there was an atheist in this camp? And she goes on about the weekend and she's just really going through the motions of it. But then in one of the closing worship services, She's sitting there in that outdoor amphitheater and, and one of the speakers who would have been a student asks everybody just to take a moment to pray. And so she thought, well, I guess I'll try again. And most of the talk that she's been telling us, y'all, she's had her head down. And, and then she looked up and she said, I can't describe what happened next. And you're not gonna believe it. But all I know is that I was suddenly embraced by the power of God. I felt God's presence, and I know it doesn't make sense, but I heard God say to me, it is going to be okay. It's incomprehensible, but everybody in the room that day knew that that was faith. 
You see this belief in God the Father Almighty? It is a bold statement because our world is so messed up. I want you to know no matter what your level of faith today, the I am, who is I am, is present and eager, continually eager to deliver all of us from our suffering, but it will be done through Moses's. It will be done through gentle asks to come to church camp. It will be done through us. May it be so in my life and in yours.